Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a problem. It feels a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 82 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on twitter instagram follow everything built in buffalo is doing and all the awesome content they're giving you every single day at built in buffalo underscore check them out subscribe follow do whatever you can support built in buffalo we are your hosts of course i am matt greco he is tony ambrose tony what is going on we're talking about the second show of the season I miss stopping at Hills. Get that popcorn every day. <laughs> Until I'm drafting me. <laughs> nice. I do miss Hills, too. Oh, who, who doesn't miss Hills? Hills Come on. I mean, I bought, like, I feel like I bought all my wrestling figures at Hills. Oh, that's a good point, of course. Starting lineups wall at Hills is calling my name every day, in addition to the snack bar at the front. Right, the snack bar in the front was key. I, I was upset. Speaking of sn- snack bars in the front, I did some shopping at uh, BJ's this weekend, and uh, they got rid of the snack bar. <laughs> Very upset about it. Also, while I was shopping, I was thinking, I wonder if athletes <laughs> use their money, like post their career to invest in like stores. BJ's is started by BJ Armstrong from the Chicago Bulls. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think there could so be like a like whole... spreading of misinformation here, yeah. <laughs> yes. Popeye's Chicken was started by Popeye Jones from the NBA. Oh. I always do that going yeah. to places. Yes, Bless McDonald from uh, the dealer. <laughs> owns, owns McDonald's, as you know. <laughs> right, exactly. And was the subject of the movie The Founder. <laughs> That's right. The man's Benjamin buttoning himself. Yeah. This, this could be a whole thing. Famous footwear was started by Larry Foote. Her queen from the Ravens is the Dairy Queen. <laughs> right. And so, I'm always wondering if uh, athletes are just investing their money in, in these other ventures. It could not possibly be a coincidence. No, not at all. Speaking of athletes post their careers, Tony, Tom Brady's going to start a movie? Will this guy just go away, honestly? You know, he's got a lot of connections, he's got a lot of friends, and we all have to suffer because of it. <laughs> we do have to suffer because of it. It's going to be bad. It's going to be objectively bad. It's going to be objectively bad. And I'm surprised, knowing his ego, that it is not like a American underdog Kurt Warner-esque, just a biopic pick about him. Mm-hmm. This is a weird movie to get into for your first go-round in Hollywood in terms of producing and funding and whatever Tom Brady's doing with the movie. This movie is going to be called 80 for Brady. It is a comedy road trip movie starring the dynamic trifecta of Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Sally Field. So, you youth of America, get ready for that wild ride. Doesn't graphic-wise, they're casting a wide net. 
So, <laughs> right. That'll bring him in. And the, and the plot is going to be these three ladies are on a road trip to travel to the Super Bowl that the Patriots came back against the Falcons in. So that that's so Tom Brady. <laughs> We've got to highlight that game, probably his most like memorable game. Right. Of yeah. course, this is known the most T-shirts sold about that game. Right. And I'm actually surprised Tom Brady's going into Hollywood knowing uh, his track record, which is not good when it comes to acting or being in things. He was in Entourage for an episode. He made a cameo on the golf course. But that part was actually written for either of the Manning brothers before they had to settle on Brady at last minute due to scheduling conflicts. So, you know, he was an afterthought there. He's also thought Peter Griffin can play for the Patriots and in the NFL, which went wildly wrong. Uh, His most famous role being a sperm donor for a stuffed teddy bear in Ted 2. So not not the greatest, not the greatest track record, like I mentioned, in terms of picking roles, I'd say. let us not forget about uh, when he played the clone of himself in the Tall Rudd uh, Netflix series, Living With Yourself. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. You missed a good one, Matt. That kind of goes to my theory that Tom Brady is a robot. There's like a bunch of him. Mm. It was the sixth version of him in the cell. Oh, wow. No, spoilers. It's like the Terminator. The first 10 minutes. Tony, I guess the question is, are you going to go see this movie when it comes out? Uh, I would say there is... An emphatic yes. Zero chance <laughs> that this movie will even be on my radar. I can guarantee I will not be aware when it comes out. My thoughts going to see it or having interest in going to see it. I think Woody Nation would want us to do a review going to see the movie after the movie review on the spot. It might be good. You never know. You never know, Tony. Sally did her moments. She does. She does. She owned it in Mrs. Doubtfire. She did. That's right. So there is hope. Tony, speaking of uh, sports and Hollywood, obviously there's sports movies. We know the miracles and the basketballs of the world. And they're done that, my friend. And they're done that. Let's talk about tv sports scenes let's give the listeners some of our favorite tv sports scenes real quick in the intro here tony why don't you start us off what do you got my first pick here it's one of the first great sports moments one of the great sort of out of left field upsets that i that is in the american zeitgeist frankly and that would be the harrowing finish that brought Phyllis the gold medal in Flockerton. Oh, nice. In the office Olympics. Real underdog story. Beat Kevin by a nose. She was the only one willing to face Kevin. And he crossed that finish line just enough to take that gold medal. And by medal, I mean yogurt lid. Of course. It was a moment, what a moment it was in office Olympics history. I think that's a such a memorable episode because everyone who works in an office setting just wants like one of those days where they can just goof off and just be the least productive self they could be. Absolutely. I mean, I never worked in this, but I have to assume that that would be the case. <laughs> Just using the, the reams of printer paper boxes as snowshoes or whatever they are doing. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's everyone's dream who works in a cubicle or in an office setting, 9 to 5, 40 hours a week. <laughs> so, uh, Phil is one of the great athletes of our time, of course. <laughs> really tore it up on the volleyball court during the company retreat. Uh, Absolutely. And she also uh, was not used, unfortunately, in my first pick. I'm sticking with the same show. 
I'm going the basketball episode of The Office from season one. Just a quintessential Michael Scott episode of just stereotyping people and thinking people are, you know, good because of their figure or how they look or something. No clearly more evident than him picking Stanley, demanding Stanley be on the team and Stanley just being the worst player. Michael just giving the the come on when Stanley starts dribbling awkwardly. That That's one of my favorite episodes. I mean, you got... Michael picking the team, going against the warehouse crew. You have Dwight wearing the face mask. Jim trying to impress Pam. Ryan just being young and not caring at all about any of this and how dumb it is. Classic episode, Tony. Absolutely. I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't think of that. It should have been at the forefront of my life. And then the, the cherry on top is at the end, the end credit scene is Kevin just like rattling off free throws like in a row. Right. Like, again, just because Kevin stereotypically does not look like a he would be a good basketball player. Michael refuses to put him on the team. And classic episode. Tony, second pick, sports scene from a TV show. I'm going to go with a moment where our hero had to step up and truly be the hero. And it was something that no one expected because it was the bottom of the night. There were two outs. The bases were loaded. And the game was on the line. And who is stepping up to the plate but Mr. David Rose, the last person who was stepping up to the plate, knows nothing about the game of softball or any diamond sport. And wouldn't you know it, on a freak accident, he hit a home run. Now, maybe it was a home run because his father, playing left field, was so shocked that he was that he hit it into the outfield that it distracted the whole situation and then he was able to cross the plate. Controversial home run because he was tanked and knocked over by the ball itself before hitting the plate. Right. But was called but was called safe. One of my favorite episodes of Thick Creek, just a huge fit out of water story in that episode. Really enjoyed it. Laughed my way through it. And we don't talk about Shit's Creek enough on this show, so I'm happy to have that as my second pick. You know why we don't talk about it? Because I have not watched it, Tony. I know. Sound effects. <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense, but I don't like it. But uh, it's, it's definitely still I heard it takes a little getting into it. Like you need, you need to really like get through half of the first season to really appreciate the the comedic value of Shit's Creek. I would agree that it got better over time, but I don't ever think it was bad. I enjoyed the first half of the first season quite a bit. I I will have to say there's I I appreciate like Shit's Creek, even though I've never seen it. You type in anything you're looking for gif wise and Shits Creek has a gif for it. <laughs> like, that's uh, yeah, that sounds about right to me. It, it's it's incredible. That as well. Like I could like literally mad lib five words and a Shits Creek gif will pop up, which is like perfect every time. So I do appreciate that. I'll have to watch it. It's on it's on my watch list. I intend to get to it. And hopefully I can reminisce about that scene when it comes across my television. Uh, Three years. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 244, when we'll finally talk about Shit's Creek. 244. Lock it down right now. Schedule. This is what we do. This is is prioritizing, Tony. Smart planning. And it's smart planning. It's getting ahead of the eight ball. We're really planning for our future here. My second pick, I have to go with, just because I bet on a Danny McBride kick lately with Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principals, I'm finally finishing season two. Now, I have to go with my favorite Danny McBride role of all time, Kenny Powers, and that's when he gets his fastball back. Nice. Classic, classic scene. The man is down at his lowest, a former baseball star who lost his fastball, lost his his tickets to the big league, lost his ticket to a big contract and money, finally gets it back, and 
it's just fireworks. It's all like Kenny Powers is back and he's got the the vigor and, and the charisma back and everything. It, it's a great series. It's a great show. It's a great character. Uh, I, I, I can go no wrong picking Kenny Powers. I couldn't agree more. First take, we're more than halfway through this, through our picks. And this was the first take that was actually like, you know, like a mood boost, great victory moment for any for the athletes involved, like there was the great Phoenix rising from the left in, right. in athletics mode, and this is the first one we've had. <laughs> right. There's not. I mean, there's not a lot, right? There's not a lot of Phoenix rising from the ashes moments. Yeah, well, I guess not. I mean, had we had we had any folks from you know like real sports shows yeah. like Friday Night Lights or Ted Lasso, then we would have had some. But right, we're taking the direction of, of what we naturally remember, which is which is the comedy that we've watched over and over. Right, but that's where sports scenes come from. Especially, I, I mean, like the West Wing. We're not remembering the softball game on an episode of the West Wing or something, you know. <laughs> If that even happened, I don't know. I don't know. So, did they replace some of the National Ball? I don't know. Martin Sheen was a heck of a ringer on the softball diamond. Tony, third and final pick. Uh, with my third and final pick, I am so going to last this long because, Matt, I'm going with Homer at the bat oh, from uh, the Simpsons. Homer at the score, at the come off the bench in lieu of Daryl Strawberry. Bases are loaded. He's got to hit a Homer. And what does he do? Gets hit by the pitch, <laughs> advances, advances the runners, they roll them off the home base, home plate unconscious, and we got ourselves a power plant victory. Talking Homer, Ozzy, and the Straw in a very classic early Simpsons episode. I love how Mr. Burns just hires the ringers from Major League Bay. You got Daryl Strawberry. You got Don Mattingly, you got Ken Griffey Jr., Jose. <laughs> like It's like everyone from the All-Star team in RBI Baseball 3 on my Nintendo from when I was a kid. And yes, and Homer is the difference maker, of course. Of course, as he always has been. I, I also, a miracle bat. The Simpsons is always, I mean, the, the running joke is obviously like Simpsons did it or Simpsons predict the future. I love those Twitter posts about like the Simpsons predicting anything that happened today from an episode five years ago. Those are always classic. When you mentioned The Simpsons, I thought you were really going to go with Homer boxing, where he just like doesn't do anything and he just tires his opponent out. And then he kind of just like nudges them down after they get so overexhausted from. We definitely have some undrafted free agents out there. Yes, we definitely do. Tony, my third and final pick. I mean, we got to we haven't five picks in now. We haven't mentioned our favorite show, and that is Seinfeld. So many great moments, whether it's. Kramer punching Mickey Mantle at fantasy baseball camp or <laughs> Danny Tartable at the at the telethon. Paul O'Neill hitting home runs for little little Tommy. So many great sports moments in Seinfeld. And a triple, yes. A triple with an error. Not a real home run. No, not that poor kid. Never stood a chance. Who let you in here? <laughs> <laughs> Kramer's just wandering the locker room. I gotta go with George running over Bette Midler, though. My favorite Seinfeld sports moment from that show. I mean, just just the camera work alone of like the camera like focusing in on George running at like a madman towards Bette Midler, and then Bette Midler screaming, and then getting the collision to happen. Like the camera work alone is incredible. It's just so effing funny because. I think it just personifies every like gym class hero type person out there. If you were in a softball game 
the competitive juices are flowing. It doesn't matter if it's Don from accounting or a, a Uber celebrity like Bette Midler. Like you're doing whatever it takes to win that game. And if it's running over that Uber celebrity, if it's sending her to the hospital, it doesn't matter. You got to do it. Or Bette Midler. You got to do it. No respect. No respect for it. No respect. What I really appreciate about it is the like, rivalry that builds over the three minutes before that between George and Ben Miller, where Ben Miller is talking for ass to George and now right. saying, you know, there's a Bethel on Trent. <laughs> Which is a great afterwards, callback. Yeah, of course. And then afterwards, when, when she wakes up from Blue Contest in Kramer's arms, is being totally smothered by Kramer. Trying to force feed her the Italian ice. He had to get her the pineapple Italian ice. Of course. <laughs> he went out of his way to far and wide to search for it. Um, this is a great example of camera work when they show, when the scene ends and they show Jerry and George sprinting away across the park being chased by them <laughs> their soul to Right. Classic. I mean, so many great side. I mean, George works for the Yankees. You could take out of you when, when George is just like batting homers. At bat. That's George is teaching them how to bat. How to swing. George's working on a swing for them. That, we made the playoffs man, this year. <laughs> and speaking of this, speaking of gifs, that is another great gif. That is one of the definitive classic gifs, if you ask me, of George. When he says, like, yeah, this game's the, the look on his face, so he's holding the bat and he's back in the position. Right. But a very funny scene. Seinfeld is obviously the go-to for us. So, Tony, any honorable mentions? Ooh, I was considering granting the capture of Fairway Frank and Tarson Rourke. Like it. Uh, which done by Andy, a nurse in controversy. Uh, I was considering saying the, the Space Champions of Victory uh, from Friday Night Lights. It would have been great. I do appreciate that scene where they just like throw him in a, in a fast forward scene. It's the last episode. In a fast forward scene, they just throw the ring on his finger. And I was also trying to come up with what the great moments were of uh, Larry David on the golf course. Anything from Curb. <laughs> of course. And we both appreciate Curb on this, though. So. Yes. As always. Yes. Uh, Larry David fighting with a swan is one of my favorites. But so many good on mm-hmm. the golf course. The only honorable mention I had, Tony, honestly, and it, it should have probably cracked my top three. <laughs> When I look back, as uh from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Carlton missing the Hail Mary shot to win the game, <laughs> just airballing it, like everyone looking like it's gonna go in, and then just airballing it. Oh yeah, man! There are too many shows I feel like we have untapped. Oh, we have there. This this list could be like twenty. This could be really go, yeah. This list could really go <laughs> if we wanted to, but we only have so much time on this show. But we gotta get to Bills news. We got a lot of Bills news. Well, not a lot, but some big Bills news, I'd say. You ready to get into it? Take me there. Take me there, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Let's get into some Bills news. Of course, we have the Combine this weekend. But before we get into Sean and Brandon just paling around at the combine. We got some stadium announcement news on the horizon, according to rumors. Apparently, they're ready to announce a new stadium deal. And when you look at the details, it's kind of what we've heard all along. It's going to be in Orchard Park. There's going to be no dome. There's going to be covered seats, but no dome. At Grass Field, around sixty to 62,000 seating, which is down from the 70-ish now. But there, there's... Some other things that I, I didn't expect. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a 
standing room capacity party deck, which sounds for a Buffalo area in the middle of December. That party deck is going to be fun, I'd say, or interesting. Who knows? It's also going to be a lot bigger just because there's less seating doesn't mean it's going to be less or smaller. So there's a lot of things that I that I read about the pending stadium deal. Tony, what are what are your thoughts? Are you excited? Are you mad it's not a dome? Are you mad it's not downtown? What are your initial thoughts here with this news coming out? I would try to check most of my boxes, but I think that I didn't have any like really passionate boxes though. Um, I did want it in Orchard Park. I, I wrote it. Yeah, I did want it to be not a dome. I still wanted it to be not a dome. I think this year was the, the flip year for me. I was very anti-dome mm-hmm. just because and it's not even, oh, well, the weather is our advantage because really not. And that's why I probably yeah. to flip to dome. But it was more of like a pride about the city thing. Of like, right. oh, this the Buffalo, this snow game that, that was played in Buffalo. Like, it just feels like it characterized Buffalo. And if we're known for one thing, then, you know, let's flaunt it a little. So, <laughs> but the the most important thing to me is the team success. And I think that's why I flip because I'm I'm seeing a team and a, and a system and, a, and the personnel they're putting on the field. And I think they'd probably be best in a climate controlled area. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, that will help. I think I, I was of the same mindset um, as far as like a dome goes, but without the elements, you know, it's either going to be covered and I'm fine with it being covered. I'm actually kind of excited about it being covered seats, but without that, like, okay, so who's really suffering? Maybe just the players, but realistically, like, I think that it'll be covered in such a way that like the wind, you know, stuff will come in, but like the wind patterns won't really be like that anymore. Right. You know, it won't be the swirling winds of, of Orchard Park anymore. So what I'm really just hoping for is that the roof goes far enough or that the seats go far enough up to the roof that basically the top level is like the 200s are now where it's just heaters nice. above you. And then I would just sign me up to the last row. Put me out of those heaters. <laughs> you're like i will sit in the nosebleeds for those eaters absolutely yeah no i i agree I, I do hope heat is a common theme in the new stadium like heated seats heaters above you if, you, if you're not going to give us the dome give us okay. give us the closest thing it's right dome. I, I think i flipped with dome because I want Buffalo to have like the latest and greatest. And yes, it won't be so fine. Yes, it won't be one of what's the Vegas one, Alliance or Legion Stadium. It won't be Jerry World. But I don't know. Like Buffalo never gets cool, <laughs> modern. I mean, we we just got a Chick Fil A, like you know that uh, a chain fast food restaurant that's been around for a while, and we just got the first one recently <laughs> it just seems like we're never on the forefront of cool modern architectural achievements we're, we're stuck with like the the frank lloyd wright stuff wow okay just not think i would be today i'm just saying like it's cool it's you know i think it's an angel respect frank lloyd wright i think that's what i'm hearing uh, you're right <laughs> yeah um very problematic like, i'm the type of person that reads the article when the vikings built their new stadium and the front was glass 
like the whole farmer's right. glass and the story was about how there's a ton of birds dying because they're flying into the glass <laughs> i saw more of not a sad bird dying story i saw more of like man it must be cool to have glass front on your <laughs> Like, well, I mean, according to that one artist rendering, it looks like we're going to have some glass runs. I, I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I hate those birds. Are, are you excited for the party deck? Not in the least. That, that is, <laughs> we'll never go to that place. No. Wait, what? That would just be a nightmare for me. It, it, but I hope it's a nightmare for everyone. It sounds like yeah. It sounds like they're bringing the tailgate village inside. But what I would get annoyed by in general is if you're going to a game, but you're not really into the game or you don't know much about the team or you are like half in it or you're there for what I would consider the wrong reasons. Right. And now the party deck is just embracing that. I'm like, ooh, I'm fundamentally against. I'm the person who's like, no, I think you should have to like pass a test of your football IQ in order to have access to tickets. You should earn your way in the party deck. Yeah, Oh, okay, okay. See, now we're talking. I like that. Like a, like a wonder, like Bill's test to right. earn your points in the party deck. To get into the game in general. Oh. But now, like, yeah, so, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I don't like that I there's a party deck. Too. Yeah, I don't like that there's a party deck because you're pandering to the people who would possibly fail that test. Okay. I agree. Uh, and, you know. Yeah, I agree. So now I'm... Yeah, so now that this thing, now basically we turn the party deck into like a football detention. If you pass <laughs> right. the test, you can go and receive with the other worthy fans. Worthy fans. If you fail the test, then you're going to be stuck at the party deck. Right, with the worst of the worst. <laughs> with your own kind. <laughs> you peons of Bill's fandom. Right. You go to the party deck with the other people who, who still think like Fred Jackson's on the team. Right. <laughs> where and where, you know, like their uncle's jersey. Right. So they got morning in the car. That would that would totally be there was a guy when I had season tickets who sat a couple rows below us and uh or down from us and he was the only guy I ever knew that owned or that I saw have a Levi Brown jersey. Oh and, that's and, good. and half my brain was thinking, is that actually Levi Brown? <laughs> He's a bad. Yeah, yeah. Is he like the Seventh round pick from Troy doesn't make the team. Is he just say, "Hey, I like this area. I'm sticking around, and uh, I'm going to attend the maybe. Why not? He's got all this going on. No, he doesn't. He was not in the team where there was like you know a continual rotation of spring football leagues. Exactly right. So I mean, maybe yeah. maybe that is him. We'll we'll never know. We'll never beat him again. <laughs> Tony, comparing the old stadium to the new stadium, let's do a little. Quick fire questions here. Give me one thing you want to see brought over from the Ralph to the new stadium. One thing you hope they do away with. And then one thing that they don't currently have at the Ralph that you'd like to see at the new stadium. Start with one thing you want to see brought over from the Ralph to the new stadium. I would like to see... You're going to say bathroom troughs, aren't you? (laughs) Actually, yes. (laughs) Great idea. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to see them bring over. I want to see bathroom toss brought over. (laughs) That is, bathroom toss are a quintessential part of growing up and being a Buffalonian. That is like an introduction to manhood for so many for so many young men. Going to Bill's games, going to their early on Bill's games, and dealing with and navigating both the physical and psychological toll <laughs> that the bathroom trough can take. Like that that's a rite of passage. That is a big deal. And I think that me and maybe you and many of our listeners will have many youthful memories 
negotiating in the bathroom trough situation. I think it has to say, I think we need troughs. I'm definitely going to say yes to troughs. And that is way better of my original answer, which was that I was pretty happy with the Wi-Fi situation. Oh, <laughs> So, yes. Trust is necessary. <laughs> necessary. Much better than Wi-Fi, for sure. Yeah, it does feel like a rite of passage. You're right. It's it's not only a, a physical test of, of will, it, mental, and everything in between. Find your spot, eyes straight, get the job done. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know about you. Do you remember? It's like a. It's like. Do you remember like a version of bar mitzvahs? Do you remember having memories of like getting on your tiptoes to like get a tall to like be tall enough for the draw? No, I have memories of my dad like holding me up like Lion King Simba, and like, and that's how I got the height necessary. Yeah, wow, the cat's going up. <laughs> yeah, well, he came through in the clutch. Yeah, he, he definitely came through in the clutch. Wow, but there's all right. I mean, there's nothing better than being at the trough and uh, trying to keep your eyes straight, but also navigate the seven layers of clothing you were on. Yeah. Using the bathroom at the stadium is tough enough in the winter. And if you have to, to, have to go, go on it in that way, that is absolutely right. That is, not only is it a rite of passage, but it is, it is a skill set that is unique to our area. Yeah. A skill set we all have that is unique to our culture, that to our area. We should be allowed to put it on job resumes. I was going to say it should be on the test. It should be on the to, party test. Yeah, it's on the target test. You have to, you have to fill up, you have to do a mock team. How fast can you, how fast can you get through your layers? Right. I love it's under, if it's, if it's over 20 seconds, you cannot be on the party deck. We're making the party deck more interesting by the second here. This is great. Yeah. I like trough too. I, that was one of my choices, but because you said it, or I made you say it, I'm going to go with the uneven stairs. There's nothing oh, sure. I, I loved then. We had aisle seats when my father and I had season tickets. The width of the stairs was always wrong from one stair to the next. Like it wasn't symmetrical or even in any way. One stair would be 12 inches wide and the next one would be eight inches wide and the next one would be 12 inches wide and the next one would be 16. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it. So it was always funny, speaking of Flonkerton games and things like that, uh, watching people try to get their steps right because a lot of people thought they could do one step, one stair, running up the stairs. But little did they know that extra width, you need two steps. They didn't expect the extra reach. So a lot of tripping, a lot of food falling, a lot of beer spilling. I hope they bring the uneven stairs over. I think just like the testing of the trough and getting through that physically, I think this is a physical test as well. It is. Only physical test. Always, always appreciate it. It felt like, it felt like I was watching my own, like, double dare competition episode <laughs> you know so Look, who can survive these stairs steps of knowledge legend of the hidden temple i was speaking about the steps of knowledge myself yes because you're already starting that i'm like these are the steps of knowledge and then and then i always thought to myself as these people just spill they, they come down with a full beer spill at least three quarters of it and are not phased by it whatsoever they still think it's a even though 75 percent of it is gone they still treat it like a full beer and they're like super pumped when they get back. So they're just gonna drink that. That's what really just cheered them on that they didn't lose their whole beer. <laughs> right. I really thought who's watching these people stumble up the uneven stairs. Exactly. <laughs> One thing you hope they do away with. It's something we've mentioned on the show, and it is an obvious answer. Well, actually, okay. 
in the, in this moment, I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> well, what was your original? Well, there's, well, my original one was going to do the train horn. Okay, yep. But I am changing it to, I hope they do away with the bathroom towers. I hope it's not a bathroom tower situation anymore. Okay. I mean, but what I You're sticking do, with the bathroom theme. I like it. <laughs> it's a little bathroom theme. What I love about the bathroom towers is that I like how I can see the game and watch the game until the moment I'm in the bathroom. Yes. I'm going up the stairs. I'm on the outside top walkway. I can always do it. The only time I'm not seeing the game is when I'm in the bathroom. But I do not like the sort of like reputation, I guess, that's inherently given of these four ivory towers then someone goes oh what are these four like towers what are these towers over here with the clock on them it was like all oh, in the bathrooms like oh okay like it's not cool right you know it's a, i just kind of like never liked that but i always liked when you walk to the bathroom and you get the cha- that chance to, to to just always watch the game and if something happens you can stop while you're up there you can stop and watch a little bit you get a little breather a little take the walk i like the walkway above so i hope that that sticks around but it doesn't have to be the bathrooms I like it. Yeah. Sticking with the bathrooms. Uh, my choice is easy. Get a, get rid of the tailgate village. There's going to be more mm-hmm. parking space. It was it for me. It, I've never liked it from its inception. Get rid of it, please. I, I understand why it's there. I understand that they want to quell the, the, the mafia-ness of the trailer lot or whatever. Just do away with it. Embrace what this fan base is known for. That's, all, that's what I'm saying. So easy answer for me. Tailgate Village. I don't want to see it. Let people choose to tailgate how they want, Tony. That's how I feel as well. I am a free tailgater advocate, no matter what happens. Exactly. That's that's where, that's where I'm at, too. Um, now, if you're on the party deck, different situation. <laughs> you play by my rules. Right. When you're inside the stadium, it's a different set of rules. That's right. One thing that the Ralph doesn't have currently that you hope the new stadium does. Uh, okay, so this is partially with the bathroom theme. Some of this is the bathroom theme. If you like that. All the rags in the bathroom basket. But what I want to see is logistical timing technology everywhere. I thought you were going to say doors of the stalls that go all the way to the floor. Well, oh, that would have been a great answer. <laughs> and an answer I agree with. I would I would appreciate privacy. At this <laughs> it's a, it would be a stark contrast from the trough. Right. No, so what I mean by that is, uh, and I have to admit, this was taken as an idea from the fan advisory board. The idea of, like, there are screens that say which bathroom has the shortest bathroom line Ooh, or like okay. the three minute wait at this bathroom or the five minute wait at this bathroom. Oh, I like this. Similarly, you can do that at concession stand, you know, like longest and shortest lines at concession stand. Yes. And then most importantly, you can do that in the parking lot with like exit, where to go, traffic line, stuff like that. I, I, I'm, looking, I'm all for this idea, by the way. Yes, I'm I'm looking for logistical reports of sort of time everywhere for every situation where I have to wait for anything at this game. I want to see the best way that I can for me to be able to do that. Yeah, it's the Disney model, right? You're able yeah. at Disney, you're able to pull up your phone, see a map of the park and see what the wait times are for rides and restaurants and whatever. So I, I think that should be adapted into to sports. I think that's a great idea. Is this concession stand near me a five minute wait for food or a 20 minute wait? And the concession stand mm-hmm. maybe two sections down is less time. I'll just hop over there real quick. I, I, I like this idea a lot. Plus, it goes with the uh, the Seinfeld idea of like how George had like rates public bathrooms. Right. <laughs> yeah, the the, the eye toilet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
No, I think that's a, a fantastic idea. So I, I second advancing the technology, if you will, inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. My choice for one thing the Ralph doesn't have that I'd like to see the new stadium have, and this goes with kind of what I said earlier, that despite less seating, it's a bigger it's a bigger footprint. It's, it's more of a stadium. It's more parking lot. It's a bigger space. Give me a Bills Hall of Fame. Great. I, I've seen, I've done a tour of Fenway. I've seen other stadiums have Hall of Fame kind of wings, if you will, inside their stadium. I think that would be the absolute perfect thing for this fan base. And I think it'd be the perfect thing for the organization too. You want to, you want to subdue the, the tailgating stuff, give fans more to do more to do pregame like give them something to do that isn't tailgating because right now the only thing to do during pregame is tailgate if you give them a hall of fame to to go through and a, and a store to go through and feel that like there's three things that probably take up a majority of your pregame time so i i like the idea of a bill's hall of fame i think it would be completely embraced by the fans especially this fan base who is so dedicated to their team and so dedicated to the players and everyone who's played for this organization you can expand the wall of fame like obviously you're running out of spaces currently you can have a whole wall of fame inside this hall of fame you can have statues you can have technology with tvs replaying uh moments of the art like i just think this is a, a home run idea i'd like to see this in the new stadium implemented somehow i love this idea i'm excited to be a part of this idea i and i, think I can't wait for this idea to bring it to the fan advisory board <laughs> yeah it's got to happen yeah it's got to happen as i remember even ralph talking about this idea years ago after having seen it at green bay and then i think that it never really took legs or at least it never manifested itself in a worthwhile way you know or an impressive way but yeah like the new stadium is the perfect opportunity to make this a reality right i'm thinking like a monument park situation that's what gets me excited about it yeah and i I would love it too because obviously we're 90s kids and we were young for for the golden era the kelly reed smith thurman era but even before that like the cookie gilchrist of the world jack kempson like all i never saw those guys play oj like i would love to see highlights from that stuff there's got to be some archive or found footage stuff out there of those guys playing so this might blow your mind man but i think there's a lot of footage of oj out there (laughs) football related there's still a little bit of that. I think that if you're looking for OJ footage, Na- you naked gunner, like, oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think this all thing needs a whole OJ wing, just the, the many chapters of OJ's life. The actor OJ. I'd like to see that uh, pilot of his uh, abandoned prank show. Juice. Juice, yes. I forgot about Juice. We, yeah, we, in the archives. we need to see Juice in this Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's a home run idea. But new stadium. Super exciting. 2026 is what they're shooting for here, uh, which I thought was very funny considering they did an architectural study saying the upper deck has about five years left before it collapses. Right. So they're really pushing the envelope here with this 2026 update. But new stadium, exciting. Uh, I, I, I liked everything, like the the high level details about it. So, But let's talk about moving on from the stadium to... The people that will be in that stadium. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott at the Combine this week. Love the Combine. But a lot of things uh, coming out of the Combine with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. A lot to say. Tony, what was the one thing that stood out to you the most this week that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott had to say? 
Was it about a player? Was it about the 13 seconds in Kansas City, which they refused to talk about or give us any explanation for or any insight into? Was it about uh, Josh Allen or any anybody on the team currently? What is one thing that stood out to you about what they said? To me, is the constant love affair on the Trubisky. Oh, right? Just insane how, how much they're praising and loving on Mr. Trubisky, just really sucking that guy. <laughs> and and, it, and I know like they're doing the right thing and they're trying to say this is a young one who's worthy of being signed and you know they're trying to do him the favor and the courtesy of getting him some more money and I appreciate that on them because they're just once again proving themselves to be professionals off the field and respectable gentlemen off the field so I really appreciated that I really respected that and as someone who also liked that Trubisky was here for a season I, I was uh, happy to see them doing that I was just surprised at how much but I I liked how much because it became comical, really, and how much it was, and how much it was being pushed. Everything was about Trubisky. It really did for a guy who, I, and I know they're doing the 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 right thing from a from a human perspective. Trubisky's a good guy. Came into the organization, didn't make a fuss. One year, learn under Dable, whatever. Like he did all the right things. He, you you think they'd want him back with the lack of a QB room? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be like hyping him up so much. I've seen. I think they do want him back, but right, it's impossible. Let's make. Let's try to make it less impossible, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've seen a lot of reports. Mitch Trubisky was great. The concept of a professional learning for a season. Right. Swiss the drug troubles would go away. Exactly. Let's let's put some let's put some stories out there. Well, it's, yeah. it's so sad. Yeah. So he just continually goes up to practice drunk <laughs> with, with blood on his knuckles. Right. He's in a fight club. We're, we're we're pretty sure. We don't want to talk about it, but we're pretty sure he's in a fight club. We're pretty sure. We're pretty sure that the kingpin of it is his wife. <laughs> yes. So exactly. Can we do? Yeah. You know, Mitch was great in the QB room. He taught Josh a lot. Him and Josh got along great, but he's an insomniac. He's a sleepwalk. He doesn't get enough sleep. Get, mm-hmm. Put some stories out there that'll scare teams away, is what I'm saying. Every day, he eats Denny's every day. Like, just throw stuff out there that is just absurd. He has literally spent $4,000 in pancakes and waffles. <laughs> it is literally in business because of Mitch Trubisky. I'm saying, well, put, put some stories out there. We don't have to run this offseason. Put us in the front office, maybe. Yes, at least in the PR department. <laughs> Right. We'll do it right. I think the one thing that stood out to me is I'm going to say I, I liked what Bean said about when we talked about the Super Bowl. We talked about what's the blueprint now? Like every team goes for the blueprint of the Super Bowl winner, whether it's going heavy investments on the defensive line or what the Rams did in terms of going all out for midseason trades and contracts be damned and future be damned. I kind of like what Brandon Bean said this week about sticking to the plan. He's not sold on this all in approach because you might have success in one year, but is it sustained? And yes, the Rams in that successful year won a Super Bowl. So, but, but they, they don't want to be a one and done. They got a franchise QB who's going to be around for the next 15 years or so. Like we hope. Like, I kind of like the approach of not to be cliche, but sticking with the process. So there was a lot of praise for some guys who really stepped up this year. Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, so the world. So I think they're in the good graces of this coaching staff and this front office in terms of taking on a bigger role next year, which is interesting for the draft. I saw they did some extensive interviews or pre-workouts, whatever, with 
a couple wide receivers, Dotson from Penn State, Williams from Alabama, two guys that I like a lot. So I can't wait to get into the draft really deep because I think there's a lot of ways they can go here. Like there's a lot of talk about protecting Allen and that's their number one priority. There's a lot of talk about getting faster. And I think they're talking about getting faster on the defensive side of the ball. It always seems like they're finding or trying to find ways to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> like, and that, and, that should, and that should be the goal. Like last year when we lost in the AFC championship game to the Chiefs, it was, okay, we need a defensive line. We need to, we need to advance our defensive line and the capabilities and the talent of our defensive line. This year was like, we need to get faster. Tyreek Hill burnt us too much, too often. Like we need to get faster on D. And that tells me that does not bode well for Levi Wallace. I love Levi. I think he's extremely solid. Fast he is not. Solid athlete, but fast he is not. Could they be looking at a, a cornerback? Could they be looking at an interior defensive lineman? Could they be looking at offensive line to protect Josh? There's a lot of different ways they can go in this draft. And I, I, I like what Bean and McDermott said. I've been saying all this offseason so far and through the combines this week. So I, I like what they've been saying. Oh, me too. I came into this offseason kind of looking for speed and being jealous of the super speedster that the other team. So I'm glad that uh, we're on the same mind about that. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think like cornerback is back in play for first round. I didn't think it was, but the way they're talking about like speed and they don't know about Tredavious White's situation for next year and how they're not like shying away from need need at cornerback. They they liked what Zane Jackson did. It doesn't sound like Levi Wallace is going to be back. Spot track had Levi Wallace at like a 9.6 evaluation or market value, which again, love Levi. We stand for Levi on this podcast, but that's way too much. I'm sorry. That might be too much. That might be a little too much. But he give the hometown discount. He might. You would hope, but I I don't know. I I think he's probably going to get paid, honestly. And and he's a solid player. Like he's he's putting his work undrafted. For sure. He deserves to see what his market value really is. So I, I'm not mad at him. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for for this draft and to see where they can go. I think they're going to make some moves. Honestly, there's not a lot of holes to fill in terms of like guys who will. Uh, demand a, a high percentage of the snap count. There's depth players to fill, yes, but in terms of your core guys, you're you're pretty set for next year. So does Brandon Bean move up? We've seen him be prone to move up in the draft. Last year he moved down, shockingly. <laughs> I think that was the first time he ever moved down in a draft. So is it is it a numbers game with the salary cap being so tight? I, I think this draft will be very interesting to see what they do. Do they make a splash in free agency? Do they make a splash in the trade market? Or do they do they stick to their plan and really draft and, and build through that? I agree with you. I think that there's going to be more movement this year than we saw in in the past a little bit. Um, and I think another factor in doing that is that, you know, we got a lot of new coaches yeah. in prominent coach positions. And so there's going to be new prototypes coming in with new, yeah, good with, one. you know, partial new systems and partial new ideas. Like some of the offensive linemen that we've seen might not fit the mold anymore. Some of the, we might need like a different kind of weapon on the offense that uh, Dorothy finds to be a heavier requirement than Dable did. Right. So I think I think there is bound to be some bound to be some interesting some interesting movement with that and kind of changing things up. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Tony, anything else about what Brandon Bean said or Sean McDermott said this week stuck out to you, or or do you want to talk about some of those uh, guys we think can fill the roster on the defensive side in free agency? I think let's dive into the free agent board. All right, let's do it. We'll be back after a break and a word from our sponsor. 
Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold, thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now, back to the show. And we are back. Last week, Tony, we obviously did three free agents we're targeting on the offensive side of the ball. We're switching it this week to the defensive side of the ball. See how we can finally get rid of or, or maybe be successful in a 13 second span with some, <laughs> with some some new guys we bring in man that's not gonna go away is it that 13 seconds just explain it to us explain what happened give us a netflix documentary docu-series about that 13 seconds it can be called 13 seconds i need something to really break it down and really get inside knowledge so i can finally put it past me it's too painful just knowing. Not knowing? Yeah, not knowing. Like, tell us something. Just throw Heath Farwell under the bus. He's not here anymore. Throw him under the bus. Who cares? Just give me something. That's all I'm saying. Tony, okay. three defensive free agents we're looking at. Who is your first guy you hope the Bills target this free agent? Uh, the first person I'm looking for, this person is probably not someone we target to be any kind of major game changer, uh, but he's someone that I really like. I really like him coming out of college. It's very exciting. I, I must have mock drafted this player a thousand times uh, years ago in the offseason, and that's, and then he goes to the Chargers, and it's the Chargers edge rusher, speed linebacker kind of guy, Uchenna Nuostu. Big, big Uchenna Nuostu fan. He would probably come, I think, on a reasonable price. He's just someone who's super athletic, super versatile, could kind of take, I think, an athletic role, but also take that role to the next level and be a lot more dominant. Um, and just, and just getting pressure and getting in the quarterback and also being great and, but also fair addition to the rotation. And I really liked what he did last year. He had five stacks, good amount of pressures. Uh, there's some hype surrounding him, uh, in terms of this, but the guy makes plays and I, I believe in him and he has a high level of play. He's got the right DNA. I'm really looking for, I'm really hoping for Uchenna Nuostu to come in here. He's just, and cause he fits the sort of like Dean McDermott. Pretty good at everything. Just solid player, right DNA. Sign me up. Get him in here. Yeah, I I liked him coming out of USC too. I thought he was he was really good, and it seems like he, he's been consistent. Like he's been in that like three and a half to five sack a year guy, thirty to forty tackles kind of guy. But I, I think there's a guy that has a lot of potential. I, I liked him coming out of that draft too. So yeah, maybe it's, just in a different system, maybe that potential gets untapped a little. Well, I'm saying it's another example of a player who can come to Buffalo and become the best version of himself. Yep, that's all that's all we're looking for, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh second round pick of of the Chargers as as well. So what what does he play though? Is is my question. Is he is he strictly a defensive end? Does he spell Milano or Edmonds in certain packages? That 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 would be my only concern of where where does he fit? Well, that's straight. We <laughs> we love versatility on this team. That's like a that's a huge piece of it. We love the versatility and the kind of schemes that we can do with a guy like that. And keep in mind, we got new linebackers coach coming in here who might have some new ideas. Probably not because it's just running in the family. But are you, I, are you upset the Babbage boys are not or no more? It can be upset. I the guy had an incredible career. I'm, right. way, I'm happy for him to be retired. I'm more upset at the path than I am at this. Like, okay. every coach is still retired. It's like, oh, yeah, like, that's why last year would have been the year. You know, something like that. Like, get that group. Get that group the ring. But 
What's in the past in the past? Give me new host now so we can get it done. There you go. I like it. And a great a great name on top of it. One of the best names. <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. I am going to cornerback to start. Uh, obviously, that's a position of need. Tredavious White, we mentioned with the injury. Dane Jackson, I, I thought he had a nice season when he had to come in after Trey White's injury. I thought he really uh, stepped up and, and played pretty well throughout the season when he got put in a starter role and Levi Wallace, obviously an unrestricted free agent that most likely not coming back. I, I really think we draft someone, as I mentioned in the previous segment, high in this draft uh, within the first three rounds. I, I actually like this cornerback class a lot. I think it's pretty deep and you got Sauce Gardner, you got the two from Washington. Like I, I think you can find some really good value, especially in rounds two and three at cornerback. But I think you're going to need a veteran guy in Bean has been known to bring in veteran guys, whether it's Kevin Johnson or Josh Norman or, or you know, any of those veteran guys to kind of spell Levi Wallace or or just have a veteran presence to teach a young guy. I'm going to go back to the veteran pool here. I like Casey Hayward, known for being on the Chargers for all those years, but last year with the Las Vegas Raiders, 33 years old, so no spring chicken here, but had a really good bounce back year after underperforming for the Chargers during the end of his tenure, he, he can be had on a, on a two-year deal in the in the four to six million dollar range. Uh, I I think. And I, I think that would be good value if you if you draft a guy in the second round and want to slow burn him along here and not throw him right into the fire. I think Casey Hayward could be a, a really nice just replacement or or a, or a teacher. We we see Bean also like and McDermott like that kind of protege, apprentice, whatever kind of model with Addison and Hughes teaching Epinesa and Rousseau, keeping those veteran guys around as teachers and things like I think Casey Hayward could be that guy for the cornerback room. He finished last year with only one interception, but his PFF grade was super high, 75 cover grade, known for being primarily a cover three, a zone guy. So fits McDermott's schemes really well. Multiple Pro Bowls with the Chargers. 30, 33 years old, just, hey, you're, you're getting, obviously, towards the end of your career, come to a, a Super Bowl contender, try to win one, teach the young guys in the process. I, I don't think that's a bad deal. I, I'd like to see a guy like Casey Hayward come along and and uh, be a veteran presence in on this defense. I looked at a lot of cornerbacks and trying to figure out uh, where I wanted to go with this list, and Casey Hayward just kept coming up for me as an idea that makes sense, so I'm glad you were able to drop his name in here. He's not someone... Because now he he deserves to be on this list, uh, and I wasn't gonna do it, so I'm glad you did. Because I would I would love if Casey Hayward was in here, especially with the Trey White situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two red flags I did read about with Casey Hayward though, which has cause for concern. He doesn't like dogs. He was bit by a dog in his youth, and uh, does not like dogs to this day. So. I don't know, Tony. Like, is he a cat guy? That would that would freak me out if he's a cat guy. Not into it. No, no I'm not into it. it cut him. I take back everything I just said. <laughs> he can't be on this team. If you're a cat guy, you cannot be on this team. Uh, the other red flag, which is is way more concerning to me, uh, he loves to write poetry. That's not a red flag. Oh, big red flag for me. Poetry. Poetry. I'm getting too many flashes of another guy who liked to tap into his artistic side. Uh, Aaron Maven with his painting. Oh, that was way after the fact. He was dealing with, he was going through his own anger issues. Uh, I'm just saying, like, uh, scary, po- poetry scares me. 
So a couple of red flags there, but I like to see uh, Casey Hayward. Tony, who's your second guy? Uh, I'm also going to go into the, down the route of corner depth or defensive back depth. Um, and the, this person comes with red flags, but I'm looking at, especially if we're getting, if, if we're potentially losing Levi Wallace. And one of the big concerns, basically what I'm proposing here is that we assign who has kind of become the same Levi Wallace. And maybe you know who I'm going to here because one of the concerns that I kind of had going into this past season was looking at the lack of lack of cornerback depth, especially in the nickel slot. And I'm just like, great. So if our nickel gets injured, like we're kind of screwed because mm-hmm. we're fine now, but we're kind of screwed after that. And it also relates a little bit to what we were talking about last week with with the signing of uh, Theron Neal. So maybe this will provide a little stability and depth in there, but I'm proposing that we uh, bring in PJ Williams from yeah. the Saints. He can be he can do a solid slot corner. He can go. Uh, he can provide some depth there, and the guy hit like a linebacker with that intensity, which I like because obviously we all have that sort of just playing in our mind of Tom Brady getting lit up. <laughs> by by um, Nate Clements, exactly. Yeah, thank you. By Nate Clements. And so uh, I, I kind of have like visions of that in my head if we find him. And uh, it can also be a little bit of help in terms of uh, something that has given us some problems in the form of covering tight ends, especially Travis Kelsey. And the word is that he's pretty good at covering tight ends, so that would help in that situation too. So maybe P.J. Williams could bring a little bit of stability to our nickel position. Yeah, and the guy is extremely durable. The past four years, he's never played less than 14 games. So I I like that. He has excellent ball skills, tackling ability, as you mentioned. But I think think the thing is his... His man coverage, I was reading about him because obviously I was looking up cornerbacks. So, uh, but that's fine. Like McDermott runs a, a primarily zone scheme with uh, that that heavy nickel or, or however you want to describe it, uh, two linebacker sets. So I, I like P.J. Williams. Obviously, Saints have been a, a very good team for, for many years. You know, he wasn't part of the Greg Williams bounty gate stuff. So that's good. Always a positive there. <laughs> Appreciate that. So, yeah, I, I think I, I like that. I think he can add some some versatility and to the cornerback room. I, obviously, we we're both on uh, have the mindset of going cornerback here. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think that's a really good pick. My second pick, uh, kind of an under the radar guy, not a no name in many casual NFL circles, but this is a potential play here. This is all based on a potential and in a coaching staff realizing that potential. I'm going to the Indianapolis Colts and their defensive tackle, Taylor Stallworth. Maybe not a name you know, maybe not a name that's recognizable, like I mentioned, but he seems like a guy in the up and up. He had his best year this season with three sacks on only 30% of the snaps. Now, the caveat is those three sacks came all within two weeks. But you look at that defensive line who has like DeForest Buckner and there wasn't a lot of snaps to go around on the Colts defensive line. Again, this is all potential. Everything I read about him, I like. He went undrafted. It, it's all like a motivational 
stuff with him. Went undrafted. He trimmed down his weights because he was now he was known as primarily a run stuffer, which of course caught my this is originally caught my attention, but slimmed down to around 310 and and really developed his pass rushing training with DeForest Buckner. So I I think he's not going to come in and be like a a diamond in the rough starter, but a super good depth guy that if you get him in the right system and get him the right coaching, a guy who can realize his potential and has a very high ceiling, I kind of like that. So uh, again, kind of an unknown pick, uh, unknown name, but, uh, and and he seems like a cool guy too. I I, I have to mention this mid season last year in November, he went on some like random fans, Colts, YouTube show. (laughs) So if he joins the bills, we are first in line for, for a guest spot. Um, I guess as he seems willing to do that stuff. So Taylor Stallworth is, is my pick. I like, I mean, I like everything I'm hearing. I like him when he's for the fans that he's getting into it. Sign me up. Yeah. And like I said, really seems to be coming along, came out of South Carolina where he had one sack. So again, coming out of college, not really known. That's why he went undrafted, but he's obviously a guy that's, that's put in the work year after year. I I like undrafted guys. I like guys who have that extra motivation Mm -hmm. when we brought in like a Quentin Spain or something who is like, that's his branding as Mr. Undrafted, right? Just a guy who has, is always is motivated by that and always motivated by the, the thought that they need to continue to get better or they're not going to have a roster spot and things like that. Like I was looking at other defensive tackles. Like I was looking at like a Taven Bryant, who was a former first round pick of the Jaguars. And is that a guy who they go after because of some untapped potential? But, and he did terrorize our offensive line when we played the Jaguars this season in his like one game he played well in. But I would rather take a chance on a guy like Taylor Stallworth than a guy like Taven Bryant or, or Jaron Reed, who underperformed for the Chiefs, who I really liked with the Seahawks, but seems to be his career stats and, and seems to be on the downward trend. So I'd rather take a guy who has a super high ceiling, like like a Taylor Stallworth. So that's my pick, a little under the radar, maybe a lot under the radar. But again, you can probably get him cheap and uh, the high ceiling stuff. Sign me up. For me, I usually need- in looking at this, I'm thinking about, all right, who is going to come here on the team and then the deck is stacked for them to just start to thrive right. when they get here. And then, you know, where they're going to essentially make their money by having the best years as a Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And I'd like to say that that is what I'm going for with my last pick. Oh, yeah. But I'm breaking that mold. Oh. Because you know what I'm really sick of, Matt? Everything. I'm really sick of, yeah. I'm really sick of time and time again, free agents go out there, free get cut, or like cat casualties happen, or people get on the trade block, and then it's other really good teams that go for it and they get them. And then what are we left to say? Like, oh, of course they went to the Chiefs. Right. Oh, of course they went to the right. Like, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of the course. Right. Let's just figure it out. Be like those teams and get Chandler Jones in here. Oh wow! I I think I'm at a point where I can say it's like, all right, listen, we can pay less for depth and just get Chandler Jones there because so many times we've been through these important games when the question is who's going to step up, who is that person that's going to be the leader by acting and say, this is my moment. I have to dismantle and destroy the, any hope the other team has, and I'm talented enough, and I'm going to do it because I have to. We have a bunch of players that are all that are all good, and that is our strength. Is that it, the lack of weakness is our strength? But now I'm looking to add a strength of just when there's 13 seconds left, 
and we need to app up Patrick Mahomes, who's going to do it? Yes, absolutely. I blow it. Let's just get Taylor Jones in here. Yeah, this goes. I I I love it. Like that's the that's the big move I want to see Bean make this offseason. Like mm-hmm. Taylor Jones level move. Of course, went to college in Syracuse. Like kind of a local guy. So sure. I think that'd be a, a nice homecoming. We talked about like bringing a guy like Khalil Mack back to Buffalo, but this would be a real homecoming of sorts. When we talked about the Super Bowl of Sean McVay being hot mic and saying like Aaron Donald's going to make a play here. Like, give me that guy who the coach right. was super mm-hmm. confident when there is five seconds left and the Chiefs are on the 20 yard line and they need a touchdown to tie the game. Who's the one guy who's going to make a play for you? And I don't, I currently don't think we have that on the roster. So give me a guy like Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's 32, but still just extremely productive throughout his career. Still a menace on the brush and, and on the edge. Ten and a half sacks last year. Obviously, he's he's been like, even a couple of years ago, 19 sacks, 13, 7. Like, he's always up there. I, I like it. I don't care if he's like sixteen thousand or sixteen million dollars a year. Sixteen thousand, right? But sixteen million dollars a year—that that's the big move I want to see being made. As you put it, I'm looking for us to get that guy. Yeah, yeah. What about like Von Miller? Because there there was a lot of talk, obviously, last year with JJ Watt, the interest they might have had in JJ Watt, and then there was midseason talk about acquiring a Von Miller. Von Miller is also an unrestricted free agent. Would you rather have Jones or Miller? Jones. Miller is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Von Miller is like, well, he's very good. And he's been the face of the Broncos defense for his whole career, except for obviously, you know, most of this year. Right. Uh, but also like, well, the Broncos are also bad for a lot of that. If he's such a game changer, then how are they that bad? Right. So I know like I so I know he's good and I know he can do that, but Chandler Jones is usually being like his usually mood team's good. Yeah, exactly. So consistently. Right, exactly. This is Mario so went on steroids. Like Mario exactly. Ashton was consistently pretty good with the Panthers where he had like nine, nine and a half sacks for four consecutive years. Like Chandler Jones consistently has like thirteen seven like double digit sacks. That's what I'm saying. And Von Miller is you know, I believe, and he's only a year older. He's a little bit more expensive. I don't know. I just, I just feel like Von Miller's over. And Taylor <laughs> Jones is. Yeah, like, I don't know. For some reason, I was just like, well, Von Miller, like, I don't know. Like, they ditched him, and then he went there, and it was still Aaron Donald that made, that was the, the guy. Right. So I'm just, I'm just like, I'm over it. I think that, I think that Von Miller's over, and I think Chandler Jones isn't. So yeah. that's why I'm going with Chandler Jones. The, the one thing I hope, and I doubt they do this. I doubt McDermott does this, but I'm looking at Chandler Jones's snap percentages year after year. It's up there like 90%, 90%, 98% of snaps in 2017. He's got a lot of tread on the tire. Like he's got a lot of tire, but that's what I'm hoping like the philosophy is moving forward. Yeah. Our rotation is good. Keeping them fresh is good. And maybe if you bring a Chandler Jones in, maybe that's how you get the best out of him. But I kind of want to see my best players be in like the 70% range. Like I, I, I don't want to see Ed Oliver at like 40 to 50% of the snaps. I, I, I want to see him 70% of the snaps. He's, he's our best defensive tackle. He's the guy that causes the most problems in the backfield for opposing quarterbacks. Like I want that guy to have 
a 70% or above snap count. Like Chandler Jones, if you bring him in, keep him at a 90% snap count. If Greg Rousseau takes a, takes a leap this year, I don't want to see him at 50%. If he's a dominant pass rusher and with his length is causing problems in the passing game, getting in in passing lanes and disrupting passing lanes, like keep him in a majority of the time. Don't you want that every play? <laughs> Like that's I hope the change of philosophy is this year from the defensive line. I'm over this rotation stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Put the best players out there and let them go to work. When I say like black well, and sacrifice the, the tone for the depth. Yeah. If it was if you just give me Taylor Jones, that's that's what I'm saying. You're, he's off the rotation, even though I I believe in the rotation. Right. But these are professional all, athletes. Let's get real. Come on. Right. They can put this. <laughs> also, like you know, we have had very successful training staff and very our injury rate is like, you know, the lowest in the league and we have organic catch up and stuff. So right, right. <laughs> also I also am looking at like, you know, a thirty two year old like, well I'll try and make it here. You know, it'll be fine. Pump him pump him with some organic ketchup. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> My third and final pick guy mentioned constantly Terrell Edmonds, <laughs> and and it's solely like not even for safety depth. It's he's a he could be a good special teams player. I'm fine with that. It is solely, and I mentioned it on podcast before, probably a couple times at this point. Is solely to save Tremaine Edmonds' career. I I think this is do or die for Tremaine Edmonds' Bills' career. No, I'm not saying. Like I said, he's a solid player. Is he worthy of the first round pick at this point in his career? Absolutely not, in my opinion. I think he does a lot of good things. I think there's a lot of areas he needs to improve on that he's needed to improve on for a couple years now that he doesn't seem to to course correct on. But this is like he's close with his brothers. They all look the same. They're all one big happy family. Let's bring a brother in and let Tremaine be his best self. We already have our safety depth I, I think behind Poyer and Hyde and Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin, I, I really like those two guys. So the, again, this isn't a safety depth play and well, but Trotman's can step in. I mean, he's, he's been semi-effective for the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in his years here, but this is a Tremaine Edmonds play. I need him to be, if we're going to take the next step, win a Super Bowl, beat the Chiefs on a consistent basis, like I need Tremaine Edmonds to be his best self. And, if it means getting his brother in here for some family motivation or family bonding or whatever, like so be it. Like that that's it. Well, as you know, I'm always hoping for brothers on a team. Absolutely. Signing up for brothers on a team. That's like a long standing dream of mine. Is getting brothers on a team. Their other brother. Get <laughs> in for that. Yeah. As you know, I am I do think higher than you of Tremaine Edmonds. You do. And I'm still for it for all the same reasons that you mentioned. Let him be his best self. Bring in his brother to help out. And his brother also is someone who, at a defensive back position, which we know we're good at coaching and eyeing up talent for, is someone who had a lot of untapped potential, drafted very high, and now has been a little disappointing. So it seems like everything is set up for Selma determined to work his magic and save this young man's career. Yeah. Um, the worst case scenario, one of them ends up then we're getting better, so we're better for it. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a very optimistic way to look at it. I like that. One of them has to get better, right? The numbers game. At least one has to. Tony, any honorable mentions real quick you want to rattle off? It's almost done. Let's bring that team Marlowe. I, I was looking at that too. Yeah. I I, I mean it would be all for that. I really liked Dean Marlowe when he was here. I was sad to see him go. He went the Co Simpson route, went to Detroit mm-hmm. for more money. Yeah, I, I, his name popped up, and I'm like, 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, like we just said with Edmund, the safety position, I like a lot of what we have in the safety position. Yeah, me too. I also like Merlo, so that <laughs> be pretty good. I did like him when he was here. Uh, a couple other defensive tackles I, w- I was looking at, because obviously that's a that's a need for the, the Bills. I, I just thought they were a little, they were priced a little high. I was looking at like an Akeem Hicks who come in, be a veteran presence. I, I I think his best years are behind him a little, though. So this, his market value was, and he might not get that, but his, I thought his market value was a little high for, for what he showed last year. He could still be effective, but I, I wasn't going to pay that. Uh, a guy I really like that I think is also priced out is, is Malik Collins from Houston. I thought there, there's a guy who had quite an impact for the Cincinnati Bengals this season who I wanted the Bills to get two years ago. Also from Houston, so this is bringing back memories for me. That was DJ Reader from a defensive tackle position. I love DJ Reader. I thought he was awesome in Houston. I thought he would have been perfect for the Bills. He was a, thought very impactful for the Bengals this season and throughout their playoff run. So I'm getting like I'm getting FOMO from potentially the same situation in Malik Collins, who I think is a is a very good player for Houston. I, I don't want to miss out on another guy who might have been undervalued for a bad organization who could thrive for a, for a much better one. So that that was a guy who who kind of stuck out to me as well. So whoever they sign, Dean has earned my trust in terms of signing free agents and figure out how to use them the right way. And what I like the most is that if it seems like it's not going to pan out, they're not afraid to just cut bait. Jacob Hollister style. Yeah. So even so no matter who we sign, like I, I like the way the mind that isn't the way we're going to build this team. Quinn Spain style, yeah. Quinn Spain style, another great example, yeah. Yeah. No. I think, I think it's great. Yeah. No, and being we trust, as we always say here. Tony, what do you say we wrap it up, though? Let's wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up. Thank you to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler. www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out their website. $5 koozies. They have something for everything. Bottles, cans, growlers. It's in the name, of course. But cool designs. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com. Cookies starting at just $5. T-shirts or teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny. All one word. Check out all the designs. Support the podcast. A lot of cool designs. Coming out with more, obviously, throughout the year. We always like to add to the collection. So check it out. If you like it, support the podcast. T-shirts, just 20 bucks. You get a good talking point. You get, uh, I mean, Tony, we went to the Batavia Card Show, and I was wearing my Buffalo Brothers, and some people said, hey, that's a good shirt. And you were there. You saw it firsthand. I was there when we were together IRL in a rare occasion. (laughs) In real life. In real life, and uh, I can confirm for our listeners, at least two people make positive comments on Master. At least two. So if you want two people to make positive comments on your in in your life, buy a witty not funny t-shirt. Strangers coming up to you in a casino lobby. <laughs> Who doesn't like that idea? Always the finest people are in casino lobbies hanging out. <laughs> okay, what is this plan now? Huh? <laughs> where to find the podcast you can find us on the built in buffalo podcast network at built in buffalo underscore on spotify on itunes on google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, podcast attic wherever your fine podcasts are listened to for free search built in buffalo or witty not funny all one word if you like us, subscribe, give us a review, follow. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you to everyone who has checked out the podcast recently, who has joined the Witty Nation, who is checking us out for the first time. Hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. Tony, Twitter handle for the listeners. What do you, what do you got? 
I want to go which would be two as we've established. Yeah, very and if you have two boarding skills, <laughs> and then uh, without typing anything else, you want to head to the center of the keyboard, start with the T, and go O-N-Y-J-A-M-B-R-O-S-D at, at Tony J. Ambrose. Thank you for not putting a zero, because then I have to go all the way right from the ass symbol. Oh. So you don't go like that. I, I know you don't. <laughs> I'm a left zero advocate. We all are. We're very left zero friendly podcasting. Uh, you could show the new listeners are incredibly confused right now. <laughs> well, that's a, all the more to go listen to our past episodes as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, check out the whole catalog. You can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716. Went a little viral this week. That was fun. So, thank you for everyone uh, liking and retweeting our tweets this week <laughs> at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram, or the Facebook page. Follow everything if you like it. Like I said, subscribe. Also, YouTube audios on YouTube. YouTube as well so check that out set out for the listeners tony what do you have the classic reminders thing me out there hey oh you stole my line unbelievable i got nothing now what am i supposed to do oh where i got that from i got that from you god damn it tony all right well here's mine here's another one okay here's a shout out to all of the uh athletes that are listening let's make this the wittiest lent we've ever had oh there you go okay Yes, <laughs> wednesday was a couple days ago way to cast the net wide yeah, that's what I'm saying. I did not segment this podcast in any way whatsoever. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.